0: To the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's a former MLS soccer player and entrepreneur and investor, the co founder of Soccer Resilience and a podcast host. It's Wells Thompson. How are you doing today, Wells?
1: Doing great, Alex, man. Good to be here, brother.
0: Thank you for joining me. I truly have enjoyed your podcast, listening to all the episodes.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I thought it was just my mom that listened to it, actually. <laughs> Glad to know somebody else out there is listening to it.
0: I'm a person that I love learning so when you when I found that you had one I'm like oh I'm definitely going to support it any way I can and I truly enjoyed and I'm excited that we have this opportunity to share your journey with all the listeners today.
1: Yeah well thanks man I mean there's so much information and so much stuff out there that you know I I mean even if they're my close friends like I I totally understand there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. to listen to and probably a lot of people that are smarter and know a little bit more than i do but uh i mean honestly i'm humbled i appreciate you saying that and if you do listen i listened to your last podcast too with uh guy His name the, the australian guy
0: oh adrian adrian lee
1: got a, yeah i bet you got a lot of listeners because he was australian i enjoyed just hearing him and great guy if he's listening great guy i actually really took away a lot of stuff and just uh helped me with my perspective man it was it was a good good uh good episode
0: Thank you for listening to it. That's my job. I love what I do, and we're ready to get this going. So what we do is we start right at the beginning. Talk about where you were from, and what were you involved in growing up as a child?
1: Yeah, I'm from North Carolina. I'm a middle child, so I'm really jacked up. Um, I've got an older brother who's a year and a half older than me and a younger sister. And so, um, you know, as a former athlete, former pro athlete, I'm, I'm always looking back and kind of reflecting on, you know, what made me. Me who who i was and how did i get to where i got to and those sorts of things and i think that my brother played a really pivotal role in me becoming who i was um you know like a typical day he was very athletic and so at, at five he started playing soccer and then my parents signed me up so i was like four and I, I you know i i asked my parents actually recently like could they tell as soon as i touched the soccer ball that something was different about me and they said yes Um, which is kind of cool to hear, but, um, so my brother was a great athlete and, uh, I was, you know, I think kind of normal little brother, like I just looked up to him a whole lot. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to wear his clothes and I wanted to hang out with him and his friends and that sort of thing. And, um, so we were, you know, we were fairly close and competed a lot as kids and, you know, a typical day would look like this. We would play basketball or ping pong or, or, or pool or some kind of sport. He would beat me. I'd get mad, chuck the ball at him. I didn't chuck pool balls at him, but like the basketball and he would beat me up and I'd go run cry to mom. But, I, you know, I look back on those, um, that time in my life as such a teacher. Like I just, I, you know, I learned a lot about myself, about life. Um, and if you watch my soccer game, you could probably see like, I just got a no quit mentality and, I, you know, I hated to lose. And so it didn't matter what I was competing in. I was, I was there to win, man. And I was going to kick your butt along the way. And if you were going to beat me, it wasn't going to be fun. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of factors that come into place when it comes to how did you get to where you got to? Wells as a pro athlete, you know, luck, uh, grace of God, family. Uh, and I got great family. I got great parents, you know, that just um, gave me everything and, and provided me with a lot of opportunities. Um, so I have... Alex headed a lot of soccer balls and we'll probably get to this point but done a lot of drugs as a kid so I tend to have squirrels and I'm all over the place so if you need to just interject man reorient me please feel free to go ahead and do
0: that no it's all
1: good. but yeah I love sports as a kid and so I played everything basketball baseball we were talking before you we got on air here ice hockey I played ice hockey as a kid and uh, but, but soccer was really, like, my true passion, what I feel like God gave me a gift for and blessed me with. It was probably my greatest sport. Like, I excelled the most in soccer. So just, you know, continue to um, chase that as long as I could,
0: man. When you were getting into soccer, was there any players that you kind of looked up to that you're were inspired by? Like, I wanted to be, like, this athlete. Or yeah. Or like, kind of like your brother was that inspiration for you?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. My brother was probably that inspiration, but, um, you know, soccer wasn't big when I was growing up. So 83, the league, MLS league right now has been around for what, 30 years, something like that. So not long. And uh, I've learned this about myself, Alex, and I think it was true back in the day is that I'm I'm an athlete, not a spectator. And I don't say that in any sort of conversation, but like, I just, I don't like the only sport I watch Alex now is MMA. I love MMA, man. I love watching Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker just freaking battle. I mean, it's uh, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But um, now, obviously, I watch soccer as a playing and and yeah, you I studied it and 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 I followed some guys. But when I was a younger kid, man, I just I didn't watch it. I wasn't. I really didn't watch sports. I loved to play. I'm a i lo- am I was active. I loved to get after it, but I didn't have. You know, again, I think part of that was it wasn't on TV. I mean, like you couldn't find an MLS game. There was MLS, right? And you couldn't find the. I mean, the, the American stations weren't playing the games in Europe. They'd have like a thirty-minute highlight session. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My brother was just someone who I always wanted to to kind of be and emulate and look up to, and so he definitely pushed me to to
0: to be a better better player for sure. And as you said, like, you didn't watch MLS when you were younger or wasn't big at the time. I was not a big – I played soccer, but I never watched soccer. And yeah. Until like, a few years ago where I started getting into the Premier League and watching that, and I'm like – Oh, who's your team? I don't have a team. Like, it's kind of like I started – like, people are like, oh, you're just going to say the best one. I go, I couldn't tell you who
1: the best so one. You, is. You're, like, one of those guys that likes players. You like oh, certain right. players. Yeah.
0: I'm all about with teams, if it's a good game, that's all I care about. I want to be, like, loud. Like, yeah. if this game's boring, okay, now I'm going to change the channel. But yeah. I will say with the MLS having its tournament, every night I've been watching, like, cool. from, like, 7 p.m. to, like, midnight. And I'm just – it's amazing. Like, the amount – that they put into these tournaments to get sports out there and during yeah. this time and it's just been enjoyable but as you said being an athlete and not a spectator i was a person that i always just wanted to be on the field i hated watching yeah. people do it yeah for sure man was soccer as a younger kid always going to be that passion when you were growing up or or you kind of just i'm doing it for right now who knows what's going to happen
1: no, I was all in, man. I love soccer. I love playing. I love competing. I, you know, I, I've got three three young kids now, so I'm always trying to psychologically, like, evaluate them and see, like, okay, is this, is he going to be good? Does he have it? And um, I think that's a very fixed mindset, like, you either have it or you don't. I think that I, – I don't think that it's true. I think, uh, you know, we need to have a growth mindset in whatever we do, and that's if we put the practice in and we prepare and, and have a plan – like we can get better, right, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love playing, I love competing, and so it really dominated my life, I mean, my, my parents drove us all over the the state, the region, the country to play sports, and it's what I loved, it's when I really felt like I came alive, I mean, um, soccer's given giving me so much, um, you know, talk about rise to the challenge, like, so, I love soccer. When I got into to middle school, high school ish. Middle school is probably when it started. I, you know, I'm a middle child, and so like I try to dissect that too. But I'm always getting into things. I I wanted to grow up too fast, and so I really got into drugs and alcohol at a, at an early age. And man, by the grace of God, like just um, I, I could have de- derailed my whole life. I mean, I honestly tell people that like if my parents didn't intervene i would be dead now or be in prison for a long time i mean i was just an idiot and every time i tell my story i shake my head because it's like what you know like i really wanted to be known for the kid that did the most drugs and drank the most alcohol like it's the stupidest thing in the world right like but that's how i lived my life i thought that was cool i wanted to fit in i don't really know but you know like you tell me but um so my parents they i wasn't living at home they tricked me to come home and um I got picked up in the middle of the night by two strangers and they handcuffed me and drove me 12 hours up to the middle of the Catskill Mountains in New York. And so I spent a year and a half there. I was 16, 16 years old, 16 and a half, I still 18. And so, um, man, I hated I didn't hate every day, but I, I hated most days I was there. Uh, but the older I get, I'm so thankful. Man, it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. <laughs> And so uh, I'm 36 now and hopefully have a little bit of maturity. I'm definitely a a, a man that's uh, young at heart. And so, um, but man, I just, I really appreciate and am grateful that my family and my parents had the resources um, and gave me that blessing. Like they that and that kidnapping became a blessing because I know that there's a lot of people, man, that don't have those resources. And so, when their kids get out of control, what do they do, right? They can't really do much. And so, you know, I know that I went through that time for a reason and it wasn't just for myself. It was to help other people out. And, but I'm a slow learner, Alex, really (laughs) slow. And so when I got out of that school after a year and a half, I got back into drugs and alcohol. And so my, my, my whole story is somewhat of an underdog story. Like, you know, the Olympic development team, ODP is like the, or state teams and ODP is, like what you get into as a youth, if you excel. And so I remember as a kid, like I I would, I tried out and I never made it, but I made My parents told me I made the conscious decision to continue to try out each and every year. It's kind of one of those things, like people would come up after games to my dad and be like, how is your son not on the state team? And so I don't know, whatever reason, it, I just didn't make it. But I look back in this time, in this, this times, this challenging times for sure in my life as blessings, because I believe that God uses them for our good and His glory, and ultimately I see how they played out and, 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 and were fruitful in my career and life afterward. And so, as you can imagine, no one was recruiting at the school that I went to up in New York. I I just call it dumbass school. If that's a bad word for kids listening, I apologize. But, like, I was just an idiot. So we call it idiot school. So I wasn't being recruited, right? So I came home. I repeated my senior year. I, I grew up five minutes from Wake Forest University, which, if you know anything about college soccer, they're perennial top five powerhouse and have been for the last 15 years, 20 years. And so I was a walk-on. They recruited me as a walk-on. And so they told me, uh, fast forward four years, when I got drafted fifth overall, they told me they thought I would never play a day at Wake Forest. And so, I, yeah, it's cool, man. I ended up playing as a, as a freshman some, as a sophomore some, and then my junior year is really when I, I just kind of excelled and took off and came into my own sort of thing. So definitely definitely an underdog guy. I believe in chasing your dreams and going after them and um because i don't know i love this thing i don't know if you ever heard it from matthew mcconaughey he talks about unbelievable it's the stupidest word in the english dictionary <laughs> have you ever heard that
0: yeah
1: oh youtube man it's awesome if you're listening to this youtube it, because you know why is it the most stupid is the stupidest word in the english dictionary is because we should believe it because people continue to defy the odds over and over again and so i i you know i, I love this sort of thing and, and speaking to people and just inspiring them because You know, honestly, I've done everything in my life to screw up my life,
0: and uh, for whatever reason, I am where I am, and so I try to use that to get back. You talked about growing up too fast, and during that time with the drugs and alcohol, were you with the wrong type of people during that time, or was it your mind was going crazy during those moments, and you're like, I don't care what's happening, just I want to be in this lifestyle?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my parents would tell you I was with the wrong people, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I could make decisions for myself. Um, my best friend had older siblings and like five years older. And so when we were 13, 14, they were 18, 19, whatever, getting into stuff. Right and so we just kind of followed along and you know they they supplied us stuff and so that one thing led to another and i was like oh this is really horrible why am i drinking this beer right like and then you're like oh they they're like cheering you on so it's cool and you try to fit in and stuff um you know i think that um you you don't know man like our brains you figure out later like our brains aren't fully developed and we're like 27 as men and uh, so i look back and i'm like yeah I didn't get it. I'm such an idiot. Thank God that I didn't kill myself or kill somebody else in the process. But I think you, you, you have no sense of the future. So you're basically just living for the moment and, and, and you're, you don't know who you are. So you're trying to fit in and look, these are all still somewhat of things that I go through today. And I believe that we all go through, but um, thankfully I use my brain a little bit more. I have a little more sense of myself and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's uh it's um you know the, the, a lot I actually still keep in touch with a lot of those guys that that I used to party with and stuff and, and God's done a lot of great things in their life and so yeah I mean it was me I, you know I, I just made those decisions and they, and they were wrong decisions but I've learned from them and so
0: I think it's one of the things like learning I mean we can't keep holding the past against us every day we kind of have to say it happens I've learned from it and I'm able to overcome and learn more about your yourself basically so when you were going through the time when you were taken away what was your mindset were you worried that i don't know when it's going to be my last day or i just need to put my trust in these people that they're going to take care of me to basically keep the time going until my parents found me
1: yeah and i didn't talk to my parents for a month so no contact and they do that purposefully and so well i i there was no way I didn't believe there was any way my parents would keep me there. I mean, it was, you know um, but they did. And I'm so thankful that they did. Um, they came up, I probably saw them after three months, maybe they came up and I, you know, I cried and I begged and I pleaded that they would take me out. I think I realized then that they were serious. And so, you know, I, I kid myself often to to say that I'm, I'm um, a little bit of a slow learner, but I, I knew at that point I was like, I knew what I needed to do to get by. Mm-hmm. So I looked back and I'm actually probably just connecting these dots right now. I'm like, that was a very smart decision, Wells, because I could have just acted it out and try to get out of there, but that would have just ended up in a whole lot more crap and probably would have delayed my time to get out of there. I mean, the minimum stay was 18 months. And so I, I basically stayed minimum stay. Um, I just learned quick that like, if I listen and follow the rules and don't act like an idiot, I'll probably get
0: out of here faster. And so I'm thankful that I did make that decision. What was your dream job that you wanted to be? Was it going to be a soccer player or was it something else?
1: As a kid? I'm very, not, yeah. yeah, I'm very living the moment, man. Very, um, like, I'm a uh, – <laughs> I don't know if I had a dream job, but, you know, I've always kind of said soccer. And I think that um, that's probably the truth. Uh, as a, I mean, just loving the game, playing, like – I mean, it's what kid doesn't kind of dream up and be like, I want to be a pro athlete. And so I think I was kind of that kid. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, I've, I'm thankful that I was able to live out that dream because I didn't think it would ever happen. I mean, playing in college soccer was, was a dream, and that happened. And, then you know, even like even at Wake Forest, so we're, you know, top – five in the nation pretty much every year and, and we're getting the best of the best right like the mcdonald's um gatorade players of the years the um, guys that are like captain usu's national teams and here i am like i never made a state team and so uh i but i look back on my time and my tribulation and 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 going through the stuff with my brother and, and being cut from the state team i knew what it was like and so i knew i i knew like i always believed in myself and so you talk about mindset i think that that was like one of my greatest assets I had failed, and I knew what it was like to fail, and I knew what it was like to, to 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 get back up and to go after it again. I knew what it was like to like believe in myself when no one believed in me, and so all those things prepared me for going to Wake Forest. And I mean, it was it was you would see it at Wake. There would be these guys that captained the U, U.S. Youth National Teams, and they would come in and they would really struggle, and some of them would never, they would they would never like really get it back, so to speak, like air quotes, like they would, it would just be a struggle for them. And so, um, you know, I I'm thankful for the struggles that I went through as a kid and, and, and that sort of thing. But even at wake, you know, I was playing with two time all Americans and I was never an all American. I made all ACC team my freshman year. And then my senior year I made like the all ACC tournament team, but this is a cool story. Two weeks before the draft, we had lost in the final four my senior year. It was the first time Wake had ever been the final four. We lost to PKs. We crushed Santa Barbara, uh, like outshot them 18 to seven. Anyway, they ended up winning the national championship. My good buddy, Brian Byrne plays, played for them and, and has my ring. I always remind him of that. But, uh, uh, so we lost. And, uh, so you're like, what do you do now? And I was like, I don't even know what I thought, man. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Hopefully I'm going to go pro, right. Or get, get invited to the combine. I was invited to the combine. Thankfully Well, the draft comes around and, my coach, Dave calls me in his office and he says, "You need to fly to Indianapolis. Uh, that's where the draft was that year." So, you know, some coaches like you. And I'm like, "Really? I need to go up there?" Okay. He's like, "Yeah, you got to go, man." So me and my mom and dad flew up. And if you're a first round draft pick, like the MLS is going to fly you up and take care of you. Well, come draft time, they have like a, a section in this big conference room, cordoned off for the um, the players and their and their and their parents. I was up there with one of my best friends, Ryan Solly, who was a two time All American at Wake. And uh, so my dad, like, they open it up. My dad books it to the front row. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm going to sit there and not get picked, right? I, I don't blame him. I would have done the same thing. He Just wanted the best seat in the house. So it was me, my mom, and dad, uh, Ryan Solly, who's uh, the two-time All-American, was captain at Wake, and his family. And so I knew that New England liked me, and they traded up for the fifth pick. And so if you know anything about soccer, New England's previous picks were um, uh, Clint Dempsey, Michael Parker's, like, Hall of Famers, right? and so I was like there's no way that they're gonna take me well they come around to the fifth pick and they go uh, a midfielder me and Ryan Ryan Soller midfielders from Wake Forest me and Ryan Soller obviously played at Wake Forest and Ryan told me after that he started to stand up at that point (laughs) but they but they called my name and so it was like man the dream come true I stand up hug my family hug Ryan his family and just try not to trip walking up the stairs and shaking the commissioner's hand and um, you know, that was really like, I'd been an underdog my whole life. And then I was fifth, uh, a fifth pick in the first round. And it was a different store as a different animal. Um, but that kind of set off my pro career, man. Went up to New England for three years. We we lost the, the first year in the MLS cup, had a really good year. Struggled the second year with some injuries. Uh, third year was okay. And then I was traded to Colorado, um, where we won the MLS cup in 2010. So.
0: I love the underdog story that you're talking about. As Everybody
1: does, man. Isn't it awesome?
0: I call my I always say I was I always call myself a wild card. Like you never know what you're gonna get out of me, but when I get on the field, that's when it all happens. I call myself the inner gladiator in me. And cool. it shows people that just because you're not very recognized or you're low thought doesn't mean that a team doesn't notice you or someone obviously when your friend was standing up and then it ended up being you it's kind of like that psych out moment when like a game show or something where oh nope I think I won but nope or it's even like when you said that you watch MMA the people are raising their hand because they're like oh I I totally won but then when you get those judges scorecard the other person so it's kind of awesome that a lot of people can relate to your story where they weren't maybe noticed as much but it was yeah. the passion you had. And I had a kind of a series ca- talking about self-confidence in a way where you have to go through those struggles to build that confidence up and be able to say, I can do this and I'm going yeah. to do this. And you're going to have that mindset to reach where you want to go.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, I think that one thing I'm very careful of when I tell my story is to ever create the illusion that I did this. Like, I did this myself, right? Like, I'm an underdog. I beat the odds, like, by myself. And you talk about, like, where I grew up. Like, my parents, man. My parents did – I think back, and I've seen it, right? I see parents that push their kids over the edge, and they hate the game because they're pushing them so much. And so, I, as parents, yes, we, it's like a coach, right? We want to push our kids to get the best out of them to see that they can, they're more capable than they give themselves credit for. But, like, my parents loved me regardless. It didn't matter how good or how bad I was. Like, after the game, it was like, do you have fun? Do you work hard? Yes, yes. Let's go get ice cream, right? And uh, <laughs> it didn't matter if I sucked or if I was the best player on the field. Like, they loved me and they made me feel that way. And I think that's how parents should be. So, I mean, just the fact that I have two parents is is such a blessing. But then then I go to my brother and then I go to, like, the, the amazing coaches and mentors that were in my life. I mean, uh, we're we're all, like – a culmination of our of our environment our experiences the people in our lives and so man I'm just like God just put a whole lot of really awesome people in my life really awesome coaches that believed in me and I mean you said it Alex right it takes one person Mm -hmm. right it takes one person to believe in you And, and I came to find out that 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 there were a lot of people but like Bobby Muse the assistant coach at Wake Forest and Paul Forrester like they actually had to convince our head coach, Jay Vitovich to bring me on wow. because he didn't see value in me like they did. And he ended up seeing it later on. But, man, where would I be without those guys? And then I went into Wake, and I would I just busted it. I worked hard. And that's one thing that I really tried to do. And it's really funny, man. People always talk about hard work. And, you know, like, you know if you're working hard or if you're working harder than everybody else and and if we and if you can give more. And I just every time I stepped in that field, I was a competitor. And so Bobby would go after practice to jay and be like dude you got to play wells you got to play wells Uh, but anyway my point there is not talk about me but to talk about all the awesome people in my life and then i go to i go to to pro and and i met some awesome people and not even just from an athletic perspective but from a spiritual from a from a human to human perspective like my teachers in school and it's really easy man to fall into that mindset of i did this I did, I mean, I even kind of thought it like, I'm glad I actually remembered to, to say this because sometimes you're like, yeah, I did this, I beat the odds, I'm the man, whatever. <laughs> and uh, man, I, it's just it's so untrue. I mean, there's, I always say, there's probably a lot of people that were way better than me at soccer. They just didn't get the chance or they weren't born in the right country or they, they didn't, the, you know, they didn't, whatever. And so, I, you know, I, it's really funny, Alex, because, you know, most pro athletes don't retire on their own. And I certainly wasn't one of them. I mean, I played nine years and I had a good run, but, and I'm more happy today than I've ever been in my life. Uh, but if you asked me a couple of years ago, it, but there's still like, I still struggle with, oftentimes I look back at my career and I'm like, you're a failure, you're a failure, man. And so um, like, I, that's one thing I noticed about myself. It never fulfilled me. And I looked for that fulfillment in the game and so it was like, when I get to college, it's like, I just want to play. Well, when I play, I just want to start. And then when I start, I just want to be an all-star, right? And then when I'm all-star, I want to captain the team. And then it's like going to pros, the same thing, get first round draft pick, right? i go to the MLS Cup my first year, win the MLS Cup my, uh, my third or fourth year, win the US Open Cup my first year. And like, do all these things, right? And then, so how is it that you can look back and because you want more, you wish you could have done more sort of thing. And, and that's life, man, you're living, you're learning hindsight's 2020 and uh but yeah there's i often wish i could go back and play you know what i mean slide tackles
0: you never know know nowadays
1: (laughs) yeah man yeah but i'm thankful for, for my career so
0: you kind of mentioned on it it's kind of like when people have goals and they accomplish it they never know what's next for them and i think if you have a goal that can also have a further distance you can go that makes it better. So, like, if you won the MLS Cup, okay, now I want to be a two-time repeater. And then, oh, maybe I want to be an all-star again. So, it's always good to have those multiple goals and set goals that you can increase over time. When you were drafted, after you were drafted, your rookie season, did you kind of have some doubt, maybe, like, is this for me, or am I going to last after one season, What kind of thoughts were going in through
1: your head? Yeah, man, I knew it was for me. I was trying to capitalize as much as possible. I was excited and just in shock almost, man. And, um, you know, I always tell kids, and I think they probably experience this for themselves, but like with each jump up in level, it was, there was always, there's always doubt. And I think we're always struggling with doubt with ourselves and we're fighting that battle. And so there was doubt. But then I, would, I, I quickly realized that, wait, I think I'm, I, can, I can hang here, man. And then, as a matter of fact, I'm probably better than a lot of these guys. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you talk about the transition. So, like, basically lived Winston, in the Winston-Salem all life, except for that time I was in New York. And so going from the south to the north, it was a complete transition. It was a complete um It was just different I hadn't really experienced it too much and so and to be in the limelight and you know obviously there's a lot of things that'd be different when I go back but man I was excited for it um New England was an awesome team I mean they, they had been to the finals the past two years so we lost in the finals that year and that was the third year in a row that they'd been in the finals. It was actually the fourth year of the past 6 years they lost in the finals. So they so we would walk around people cost the Bills. <laughs> it, sucked. it sucked in Boston because you're like up there with uh the the Celtics and the Bruins and the the Patriots. They're all winning. So we're like the redheaded stepchild. Um but yeah, I mean I it was it was really cool. Met some awesome people got to play with some 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 great people and you know I, people ask me all the time like what do you take away from soccer what's the what's like and, and i think they still constantly think surely he's gonna say the mls championship so i mean i've done some really cool things and i don't sound like a prick here like i'm ungrateful that i won the mls cup championship or was drafted or won a u.s open cup or super league but those aren't the things i like hold on to um you know it's the people it's you know traveling seeing the world like soccer has really just opened up opened up my eyes and 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 my perspective and giving me so much in that sense. And I'm actually just kind of starting to realize that more and more as I, as I speak. I mean, my first two years in the league, 2007, 2008, in the off seasons, I went to Africa. Um, You know, I've been, I've been, I've played in prisons in Chile, Um, you know, been to Congo, been uh, Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, like um, Honduras. I mean, like we were in Honduras playing for CONCACAF Champions League, with Colorado and barbed wire surrounding the field and they have armed guards around and you're like, this is the beautiful game, man. Like, And you're starting to see that in America. I don't know if you've seen a game in like Atlanta or uh, Seattle or Toronto or something like that, but I mean, it's, just, it's life or death. It's religion for them. And so people, they're throwing bags of piss at you and that's not cool, but it's cool that like they take it to that extreme, you know, <laughs> kind of but um, it was a great experience, you know? And so I look back on my, my career, my life, and I'm like, I don't know if I ever would have left Winston-Salem, man. I don't know if I ever would have left North Carolina, and I would be a much different person if I
0: hadn't. It's kind of think you took more of the stuff that impacted your life, like the stuff, like the viewpoints, traveling, going to those other countries that is different than the United States, and you kind of just took it in and took in the moment then, I want a championship, and that's all. I'm, that's all I care about. I kind of can go through that um, college. The people that I made friendships with and the networking that I've gotten out of it was more impactful than me winning fraternity man of the year at my college. Yeah, it's a title, but I don't want to just be known for that. Like, because sometimes it gives off a bad vibe. I want to be known for a guy that went out and did a lot of charity work, made an impact in people's lives and all. That's what feels good to me. And it's nice to hear that. I mean, yes, you're proud that you won that title, but the other stuff, the meaning of the impact of your team going to those other countries, it kind of shows the softer side of athletes, the kind of the personal area that they have where they want to do whatever they can, whatever the teams ask for. And one of the things I saw Um, on LinkedIn that you are the humanitarian award winner. That kind of was like, that's awesome to hear because it shows how much you care just from speaking to you right now. You care about people.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. I mean, I think, you know, look, Alex, I am one extremely screwed up individual and I want people to know that because I think that, you know, there's, for me, I don't know what you believe, but there's God and then there's all of us, right? The, The foot of the cross is level and, we're all the same man and, and we all struggle and I think a lot of times people look at if they don't know any better they look at pro athletes and say humanitarian of the year or whatever he's serving he's giving um but they don't know that like we, I'm just I'm still struggling man I'm still trying to figure life out I'm still got a lot of things that I'm dealing with and um know, yeah, I think too Alex is just maturity I mean you, you you get older you grow and and hopefully you start to understand that, like, I mean, the greatest teacher in the world said it, right. It's better to give than to receive. And, uh, you know, like, but that's hard to do man because we're so selfish and we're so self-centered and it's like, and, and I think that's why I could look back on my career and be like, it's a failure because I didn't, I'm selfish and I'm like, I didn't do all the things that I wanted to do. And so I think it's a battle. I think that like, it's really easy to get on a podcast and say things and do things and, so, like, for example, one of the things that I'm learning is, like, life's about relationships. And so I've said that my whole life, man. But, like, living that out is a different is a different story. So life is about relationships. If someone calls me and, um, and needs to talk to me, like, am I going to pick that up? Or am I going to do my to-do list, right? Like, what's more important? And, uh, yes, certainly there's times where you can call them back. And, you know, people shouldn't have complete free access to you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, for me personally... I've been really trying to live that out in my life and plug into people. And I think because as a pro athlete, a lot of the time I was so consumed with me and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. And so you realize at the end of the day, like when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to ask for my championship ring. I'm not going to like, no one knew a week after I won the championship that I won the championship. And you're like, you expect like, you know, I'm going to walk around and everyone's going to be like, oh, guy, MLS, go champion, like first round traffic. Like no one knows that anymore, man. And so at the end of the day, it's like, what are are we living for? And you start to question what's the purpose of life and blah, blah, blah. And then you start to realize that like when you connect with people, when you give and when you love, you're like, oh, that feels good. Like it's different. It's good though. And so, you know, that's the goal, right? Is to do more of that and to, to, to fight against the like, I want all this stuff for myself. Um, I don't know if that made any
0: sense, man, but. Well, I think a lot, of, and the one thing that I love about doing this show is everyone has a story. Some of us may not know that individual story. We may read, we can go to your Wikipedia page and read a bunch of stuff. It may not tell us everything. Yeah, don't
1: believe everything you read on there, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't read it, believe everything that's on there. But it's kind of like they don't tell you everything about that person's life. And doing the show, you kind of now hear what they've gone through, what they've learned about themselves. And it kind of makes you appreciate everything that's going on in your life and what you've learned from it. When you look at your first season to your last season, what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself?
1: That's a really great question, man. I don't know. Uh, like, that's a, uh, that's like uh, give me a month and I'll come <laughs> back to you. I t- um,
0: tough questions.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. The, um the thing I learned about myself is probably the biggest thing I learned about myself is that my identity was completely in soccer that's who I was right and so that's that's who the world saw me as um that's who everybody introduced me as that's who I saw myself as so it was a very much performance-based identity like if I'm doing well um I'm good man I'm good but if I'm not like I suck and people aren't going to like me and you have all that like, that crap and so you know I think I've really just um you know we get it confused so often we aren't what we do and for me that's like where do I find my identity and so I'm I love Jesus you m- maybe got that from this but like I I I remember making a decision the year I was traded in 2010 from New England to Colorado. I knew I was new to that. So that was my going in my fourth year. I made the decision. I said, wow, I'm not going to do this so long. I am going to leverage my uh my platform as much as possible. So I went to Colorado. I met with a the, the communications person. I said, look, sign me up for every single community outing. You don't have to ask me, just sign me up. I want to be in the community. I want to be meeting people. I want to leverage this unbelievable platform that God has given me. And uh so um, I would go around and talk to people and, and say, like, look, don't put your identity in anything because at the end of the day, like, no one's going to remember you. Like, in 100 years, think about this, Alex. In 100 years, no one's probably going to remember my name. You know, maybe my family or, like, but no one's going to be like, oh, Wells Thompson, Wikipedia. Oh, my God, he won an MLS Cup. You know, like, I mean, it, really, when you think about it that way, and I, what I love about speaking, Alex, is that it changes you, like me. It changes me the that was so cool because we're preaching to ourselves right because all of these things I talk about I don't have them down I'm just like a normal human being where I'm waking up every day I'm trying to fight the positive with the negative and, and let the positive win and the good over the evil and um, so the, the, the greatest thing I learned is that I'm more than an athlete man I've I've got so I'm um, I'm um, I I am who God says I am, and He loves me so much that he gave a son for me. And that, um, yeah, we 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 should work hard at whatever we do, but at the end of the day, like, um, it's it's really about relationships, what we do for other people, that sort of thing. So, uh, I it's a, it's something I still struggle with, man. Like I still I I don't watch. That's part of the reason I don't watch soccer
0: is because I just automatically go back to, oh. It was hard for you because you were with yeah. you your life and you just don't want to, it doesn't want to be a trigger for you. And then you're like, okay, now what's going to happen? So I, I totally understand that. reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, if you think about society, it's like, it's so stupid, right? Like I, I kick a ball into a goal. So like, I'm really great. It's, I mean, like, I'm not giving my life for anybody doing that. Meanwhile, that we have people giving their life for our country we have teachers like teaching kids like that's awesome and uh but society has it has it backward man and but you have to fight that and you have to you know keep that perspective and really for me it's like what is success is it like is it is it achieving all my goals or like if it could be bryant man like rest in peace but he said that if 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 I'm not more known for who I am off the court than what I've done on the court, I'm going to be very disappointed. So the greatest, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game is saying, I want to be known for who I am off the court versus on the court. And so, although I sit here and I'll tell you every single day, Alex, that I want to be known more for how I live off the field versus on the field. I don't operate in that mentality a lot, right? Like, Um, And it's getting better with time because I think that God is healing that and, and, and God wants to take our pain and and use it for purpose. And so I'm really passionate about more than an athlete, man. And uh, like the last thing that uh, any athlete needs to do is shut up and dribble, right? Like it's so hypocritical. Why does everybody else get to talk about anything political or anything going on in the world? And an athlete can't. And so you see this, uh, you see this hypocrisy in the world. And when I retired, I really struggled, man, it was the depression and I didn't know who I was. I mean, the, the, the single thing that I had in my life, constant thing, daily thing that I had in my life was soccer from four to 31. And then one day you wake up and it's gone. And so you're like, man, what do I do? And so again, it sucked for like two years, man, big time. But as I often say, the lessons suck, but they're worth learning. And so I'm thankful that God has taken me through those times and I'm, I'm through the valley and climbing up the mountain again and trying to figure it out. So I've <laughs> learned a lot though, man. We could go on for days about that one.
0: <laughs> Your story actually, I did an interview with a guy named Warren Furman who was known for the, the UK Gladiators. So the UK version of American Gladiators.
1: Dude, I love that show. I used to watch that. Not the UK version, but the American,
0: American yeah. yeah. So he went by Ace and he had the similar situation where Gladiators was his life but then he didn't know what to do after it and he couldn't watch it because it would just it would make him think that i should be doing that right now without uh but the show got canceled but god was a huge part of his life and he found himself through all the things that he learned through his religion and he wanted to get that out there in the public, he wanted to speak, he wanted to do more community outreach, so I kind of see the similarities, and you mentioned, like, people won't know, you, will not know you from your soccer days. For me, I didn't know you as your soccer days, so I'm learning all of you from now, and I think you're such a great person for what you do, but I enjoy learning what you've learned about yourself from your soccer days. Yeah, I, yeah. Luckily, we have YouTube, so I can just go back, but I wanted to get to know the person that's Wells Thompson. And that's why I enjoyed talking about your transition. Where did you go next? What jobs did you look for? Um, What opportunities did you reach out to?
1: Yeah. Although I think that it's stupid. how society views athletes. I think the athletes need to capitalize on that as much as absolutely possible. And the most asked question I got as a pro athlete is what are you going to do after you're done playing? Mm-hmm. I always say, I don't know, but they will always paint the picture that don't worry Wells, everyone loves to hire pro athletes. Well, my wife would probably say I didn't put myself out there enough, but I literally didn't see that. I mean, it was kind of like, well, what kind of experience do you have? And although that I believe that the pro sports is the greatest teacher for life or any sphere of life, and it translates and correlates to business in a billion ways, right? But I couldn't say I have three years of counting. I couldn't say that I have three years of sales or any year of sales. Right. And so I look back on my career and that's the, that's what I wish I would have done more is I wish I would have uh, like my, it was funny. Me and my wife were last laughing the other day. We, Cause we have three kids now and life's freaking crazy. And so we're like, what we, when we, 2011, we were like, what did we do? I don't even know what we did. I mean, as a soccer player, it's like we're watching hours of football. Like, we went to practice for three, four hours a day. And then it was like, we went home and we, rest, we rested. That was what we did. And that was, our, that was my excuse to like not do anything else. And I'm probably being a little harsh on myself. I mean, I, I met people and I, I did uh, network and I, which actually led to my um, first job after the game. But uh, in 2011, my dad and my wife were really instrumental in helping me create my, my own soccer company. So Wells Thompson Soccer. And so our off seasons are really short, so, but I would put a camp on every year in Winston Salem, North Carolina. And then, so I tried to continue that a little bit after I'd done playing, but um, I needed to, to kind of run away from the game. I needed to figure out who I was outside of the game. So thankfully, man, I got a great job um, randomly just from networking. I called one of my friends out in Colorado and he'd just taken the national sales job and... Cleveland and was like, Hey, do you want to come on board? And I was like, tell me about it. And he told me about it. I was like, heck yeah, man, no one's been giving me anything close to that kind of offer. I'm going to take it. And so I learned a whole bunch, man. But what I, what I, I was traveling 15 days a month. And so I, I had young kids and I was like, what is success for you? Wells? is it making a whole lot of money or is it being with your family? And so, you know, and you run into parents that have older kids and they're like, enjoy it while it lasts, you know? And so that's hard, right? But I, I left that job in January to chase another dream of, of buying a business. And I started learning a lot about those opportunities and stuff. And so, um, man, I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know what I want to do. I think that God is actually calling me and leading me back to soccer, which is part of Shift, starting my podcast, the Shift podcast with Jonathan Van Horn and, and Michael Hood And uh, God is leading me back to soccer with Soccer Resilience, which is a mental training company that me and um, Brad Miller um, – clinical psychologists have started to help teach youth like give them the tools to help them um, in the mental aspect of the game I mean I'm a firm believer and so you'll see on my LinkedIn I say ultra runner and I love putting that Mm on there because I believe it says a lot about who I am and so um, you know I believe that life is really 10 percent what happens to you 90 percent how you deal with it and so you know it's that convicts me every single day to just really respond well to the things that come your way and you know life is hard and and we go through a lot of challenges and a lot of struggles and so I think that really that those types of things death um you know um just really hard life things bring you back and ground you to okay what am I living for you know like I'm 36 man what's the average age of a of a male in America it's probably like 72 76 something like that so I could be halfway done, man. And the other thing about it, I could, I could die tonight. I could die tomorrow. And so that's really, really hard, right? Like we need to set goals. We need to chase our dreams and go after it. But I, I do some writing. So check out Wells Thompson soccer. I do a little bit of writing, but um, my, my, latest, my latest blog was the journey is the destination. And my, a man much smarter than me told me that was my dad. And uh, it goes back to like achieving those goals. Like I wanna buy a business now um but if i don't enjoy the process man what the heck is the point mm-hmm. and so that's really really hard to do but um something that i try to
0: remind myself of you mentioned how you couldn't you didn't want to do anything with soccer and now you've taken some time away from it and now you're kind of getting back into it but you're not doing it in a athletic type of way is that still getting that craving of soccer for you and it's doing its job and where you're not like I'm talking about it I'm helping other people but I don't need to get out on the field
1: yeah so I actually do I do a little bit of training so I, I, actually, I actually only have one client now um, his name's Henry it's kind of a special case Henry if you're listening he actually just broke his arm in two places so we haven't trained him a little bit but um, I, I, I'm always in the yard with my kids like soccer balls are all over our house so I'm like come on let's go play like I'll teach you something and I'm like they're like, no, daddy, get away from me. And I'm like, guys, I know a little something. Come on, let me help you. And so I just really I find it really hard to believe that God doesn't have a plan for soccer in my life because of how much has been a part of my life. And again, going back to one of the things I said earlier in the podcast, like, I think we go through things not just for ourselves, but for other people. And so, I mean, you think about the, how instrumental coaches are in kids and in people's lives. And so, I just really want to use my experience, my expertise to give back and to help and to love kids and to, um, I mean, challenge them to, you know, I, growing up, you hear all the pro athletes say, hey, don't forget about your books, like, study. And I'm like, why? Why would I do that? Like, I just want to play soccer. And now you're, now I'm like, oh, my God, I, I know what they're saying. Yep. And so <laughs> that's what I want to remind the kids, like, like figure out what you care about, like, find hobbies, like, learn, right? like. That's a great thing. Like, did you know there's a big world out there outside of soccer? Well, I'm just figuring that out. So
0: some people take it. It's a slow path. But some people realize it quickly. As long as people are getting to their goal, it doesn't matter how long it takes. When you were getting the opportunity to do the podcast as a fellow podcaster, what has been the greatest part about doing it?
1: But like what you said earlier really resonated. I think you stole it from us. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, we- you stole it from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, uh,
1: we all have a story, right? And, and, and I think that, and I've always been really open with who I am and my story. And so I remember, like, when I got out of school up in New York, I'd talk about it. And as a pro, it's something I'd talk about a lot. My mom, she hated it when I do. I was like, Mom, like, this is me. This is who I am, right? And I think that the more we can become who we are and who God's created us to be, and we own our past, right? You talked about that. Like, we own um, our shortcomings and our weaknesses because people resonate with us so much more than do your MLS championships or any, anything you're good at, Right. And so what was the question again? See, I lost it. What's like
0: your, the best part about being a podcaster?
1: Oh, the podcast. See, I was totally was going to.
0: You're good. No, 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 you're
1: good. Um, oh, it's the story. Yeah, the story. We all got a story. So hearing people's stories. I mean, Michael O'Hood was taken out of Sierra Leone when he was six years old and coming to America. He flew in a plane by himself and met his mom in the airport, and he had never talked to her. Wow. That. like it wasn't meet up they just met up and then uh, a buddy of mine ot johnson head wrestling coach of UNC Primber, from um liberia war torn seen death like eight eight rats to survive with his family and uh you know our lives and our stories and things we go through are again not just for us but for other people and we should share those stories with other people because we realize that like we're not alone and uh, i think oftentimes like Um, we think we are, but when we hear, and that's why we relate to other people's struggles more, because when we hear other people struggling with the same things that we do, we're like, Oh God, that makes me feel a little bit better. Like I'm not as screwed up as I think I am. Mm -hmm. And just one caveat here is like, there's a lot of stories being told. So we're telling a story to the world, right? We're telling it, but I think the greatest story we're telling is the one we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Right. So as an athlete, am I saying I'm an idiot? I'm dumb because I'm not focusing on school. Or is it, I'm not focusing and I need to put a little more time here. I'm actually really smart. God's giving me a brain, right? And so what are we telling ourselves? Are We're telling ourselves, I suck. I suck. I suck. I suck. Or is it, man, I'll get it next time. Or yeah, I screwed up. Grace, grace. Show each other grace. Nobody's perfect, right? Let's move on. Let's get a better next time and learn from it, like you said. So it's just meeting people, man. Because life's about relationships, right?
0: Yep. You, definitely. I Networking. I mean, I was furloughed with my job for during this pandemic and I didn't know what I was going to do. I kind of was like, "Okay, I got two months. I can't just sit at my house all day. And this podcast was always a dream and it's been the best experience. And the best part is my work supports me in doing it. They let me do it at the same time. And I never thought I would have ever be able to talk to the people I have and, and network with them. It's kind of like, I view myself as I'm a no one. I'm a nobody. I'm just an average person from Missouri, just living his life. But being able to talk to a former MLS player and other people, um, it's just been rewarding. And it's kind of like, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm grateful that I'm not grateful for the thing. that but it's no,
1: I know what you're saying, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's perspective. Again, obviously, COVID sucks. A lot of people have been hurt, but. Uh, are you? Are you? You know, there's good things that are coming out of it, and we don't wish that on anyone, right? But like, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna adapt? How are we gonna? How are we gonna keep moving? I mean, the the one thing that I'm thinking, which I think I know you're thinking too, man, is why didn't I do that three years ago? Right? Like, <laughs> I started three years ago.
0: Me, I have that regret. I'm like, I could have done this a long time ago, but it's like, it the timing wasn't right for me. I was yeah. in college, and like, I gotta focus on study study make sure you're doing good on classes that yeah i was focused on at the time
1: yeah dude i did a podcast uh god his name's escaping me but like uh, i think he was 11 or 12 wow. he might have been he might have been 12 or 13 but a 12 or 13 year old kid and he dude he, he does like he interviews everybody
0: that's awesome.
1: Um, yeah i was like dude man i wish i was like you when i was there. that is
0: freaking awesome I was too busy watching TV at 11.
1: Video games or something.
0: Yeah. So what does the future look like for Wells Thompson? What What's some goals you have going on that you're trying to accomplish? Or what does the future look like for you?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I was hoping that you could tell me, but... Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, if you want a list, I don't know if you're going to like them, but...
1: <laughs> whatever it is, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be hard. Um, you know, Right now, currently, what's a tangible goal is I'm trying to buy a business, right? So I'm trying to buy a business. I'm starting a couple others and i focused on the Shift Podcast. So I hope that grows and we're able to impact more people. I think the goal for me on an individual basis all the time is to... Um, one of the most humbling things in the world is being a husband and a dad, and so i it's hard man it's really, really hard, and so I'm trying to be the best husband i can be I'm trying to be the best dad I can be um and just love my kids well and enjoy the enjoy the time and 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 not get so focused on on the goals but the I do have goals i mean i want I wanna buy a business first one and then uh several more after that. I I just enjoy having my hands involved in a lot of things. I want to continue to just use my platform, but, um, yeah, man, I'm see where God leads, man. It's going to be good. Whatever it is.
0: Yeah. For someone that's getting who wants to be an MLS player, what tips or advice would you give them to rise to the challenge in that industry? Something that you've learned that you may wish you've done during those times. That's a good
1: question. Um, I do like to throw this out there. My cell phone number is 336-575-3324. Put this in the show notes, bro. And the reason I say that is because um, like, you know, success leaves clues. And so find people that are older, that are brighter, that are smarter than you and say, Hey man, how do I do this? Um, can you help me out a little bit? And so I'm always one really, like, I, I throw it out there all the time. And you think kind of people call you. I know I'm a goofball and not that cool, but like, call me, I'll help you out. I'll tell you what you need to do. Um, at the end of the day, I believe that God has got a plan for all of us, but, um, you know, dream and believe. And um, I mean, just listen to my story, right? Like people told me I would never make it over and over and over and over and over again. And so um, I, I, think the thing that I would tell people is to, um, is to like surround yourself with really good people, people that love you, people that believe in you, people that are going to push you to become, um, a better version of yourself each and every day and, and focus on the process. So what I mean by that is yes, have that goal, right? I want to be an MLS player, but just essentially try to be better than you were yesterday, Like wake up and work really, really hard. Don't just say I work hard or like uh, say I'm going to be the hardest worker. Like actually put the work in, put the practice in. And don't focus on the outcomes, but focus on the, 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 um, the smart work that you do. And you think about that, like Kobe Bryant talks about this, that compounded effect over two, five, 10 years is astronomical right? But we think, especially in this day and age with social media and stuff, we can go on, we, we're, we have access to so many people's lives. We want a shortcut. And there aren't shortcuts to success, man. You just really, you have to grind it out. You have to put the work in, you have to sacrifice. Um, man, it's just so hard to put, you asked me for one single thing. I just gave you like 50. Um, <laughs> <you're good. laughs> it's so hard to do that, you know, but um, call me. I'd love to help you in any way I can if you're trying to be a pro soccer player and I'll I'll tell you the truth and 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 I'll push you to believe in yourself
0: and that sort of thing so now going back to an earlier thing you mentioned, when you said something, if someone called you and you'd be like, do I do my to-do list or do I answer that phone call? Yeah, I'm gonna test you on that. <laughs> I was gonna answer my phone call now. Yeah,
1: but leave a message though if I don't pick up, because sometimes <laughs> I don't pick up unknown uh, unknown callers. But seriously, leave a message or email me and uh, all that sort of thing. I don't. I'm I'm not a big into Facebook, but I am on LinkedIn. And I mean, I'm not big into social media, but I am on LinkedIn and Facebook,
0: so you can check me out there. The last question, and it's probably the hardest one. Bring it. For someone that's listening to this interview, no matter what they're going through, whatever they're going through in their life, what tips or advice would you give them to rise to their challenge, overcome obstacles, and accomplish their goals?
1: So I would say that God loves you. I would say that God loves you regardless of um, anything you've ever done. And there's actually nothing that you can do for him to love you any more or any less. Um, that he loves you so much he gave his son for you. And that it's going to be okay, right? I, I believe that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And um, you're going to get through it. And you know, just knowing that I struggle on a daily basis with so much stuff, I don't have it figured out. And I think as young kids, you think you have to have it figured out. And so when you really realize that you don't have to have all the answers, that it's okay not to know, that it's okay to, um, to doubt and to struggle and to question, like, it's a freeing day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they say there's a saying in AA that says one day at a time. Just take it one day at a time, you know, fight that day and then wake up, fight the next day and do that for the rest of your life because you're
0: going to be okay. It kind of goes back to what you said growing up fast and nowadays – You have to take it one day at a time. You can't think about what's going to happen months in advance. If you do, that's good, but you never know what the next day or the next hour is going to bring you. It could change your path and take you in a totally different direction.
1: You're a cool dude, Alex. You're not just a normal nobody, man. Like You're a cool dude, man. This is awesome.
0: Well, Wells, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. I have enjoyed so much learning about you and learning about your journey. And I can't wait to see what's next for you and continue the connection on LinkedIn and wherever.
1: Thanks brother. appreciate it. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me.